Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. To create a culture of investment, ask about kids and spouses and and interest outside of work and pour into people, set other people up for success. And eventually this person realizes I'm kind of on the outside of the team. Welcome to Beyond the Rut Podcast, a weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Jerry Dugan. I have with me Brandon Cunningham. Brandon, say howdy, folks. Howdy, folks. <laughs> now, he once had his own show on uh, Woody's Roundup. Actually, no, that wasn't. I was thinking Nickelodeon. But <laughs> Nickelodeon. <laughs> Back when it was for kids. Uh, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we have just been doing a, a, uh, a, I can't even call this a day-long recording session because we've only been on <laughs> since 10.30 and it's now 11.30. <laughs> so it's only been an hour, Jerry. Come on, you can do this. Uh, in any case, uh, we, we come across with topics and tips as well as interviews with people who can inspire you, uh, give you some pointers on how to get out of whatever rut you find yourself in, whether it's a a work-related rut, a relationship rut, uh, a I want to launch a business, but I never get around to doing it kind of rut. So any types of those you know ruts that you find yourself living in, we are bringing you those topics to give you that one little thing you can do and apply to get you out of that rut and live the life you actually want to live. So with that said, Brandon, um, gosh, you know there was some stuff coming up with... Uh, you know, work for me that I, I just, I, I realized the importance of something called emotional capital. Have you ever heard that term before, emotional capital? I haven't. I know we talked a little bit about it via text and, and some emails, but uh, I thought it would be a great topic because like you said at the beginning, we, we want to help you get out of whatever rut you're in. Maybe it's physical, financial or whatever, or emotional. And uh, so we thought emotional capital would be a great topic for today. Yeah. And, and the way to think about emotional capital, I mean, you've heard the term IQ, emotion quotient, or no, that's intelligence quotient. So how <laughs> quickly like, you can learn things. And then you've got EQ, that emotion quotient. That's like how well you can read people, how well you can interact with people in a way that they want to be interacted with. And, and then so with that, you go another step. And when you apply concepts like uh, there was a guy named Dr. Khan who in uh, the early 2000s won a Nobel Peace Prize because he proved that humans across the board, no matter where they're from, their gender, their their disabilities or abilities, no matter what, part of the human condition, part of human nature is that we respond emotionally first and then rationally to things. And, and so from there, uh, you know, we all kind of have an emotional bank account with each other. And anytime we ask for something from somebody, we're, we're making a withdrawal from that bank account. Or anytime that we insult somebody or we're just task-focused and not people-focused, we're making withdrawals from that emotional bank account with somebody else. But anytime we're, we're pouring into somebody with a genuine, hello, how are you? Or a genuine conversation, or just simply acknowledging people. That's why like in businesses, they say it's so important that when a customer walks in the door, you acknowledge them because you just made a deposit in that person's emotional bank account. 
Um, but it has to be authentic. You know, you ever walk into a place like Subway and they all go, welcome to Subway. But they're not even looking like, at you? Yeah, they don't even look up. I'm like, you got to be authentic about that too. Yeah. How did you know that I wasn't there to rob your store? Yeah. You're not going to welcome like, you hey, in. Welcome to Subway. All right. Now give me all your money. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I was a dog, you know, and somebody left the door open. And I just happened to run in. Welcome to Subway. Ruff, ruff, ruff. Yeah. I've actually seen them in, uh, I think it's stripes. I've seen a little kid sit there and keep opening the door to make it beep. So they will keep doing that. Oh, that say, is awesome. Welcome, good morning or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like, or, you know, like you say, hey, how are things going? And the person says, well, you know, my dad just died. Oh, hey, that's really nice. Cool. We'll talk to you later. Exactly. And then good luck with that. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not a genuine interaction. You know, like, that guy's dad just died. You need to stop. Forget everything else. Talk with that person, console them, and and just let them know you're, you're thinking about them throughout the day, and you hope that uh, they 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 do better. And so, uh, just to kind of drive it home a little bit more, I mean, when think about a leader you've had, or somebody you had in your life, or have in your life, and they have high emotional capital with you, uh, make lots of deposits for you. So let's say it's a boss, and that boss comes up to you and says, "Hey, I need you to work an extra shift this weekend. Are you available?" If that person is constantly genuinely pouring into your life and they have a high bank account and high level of trust with you, Brandon, what would your answer typically be when they make that request? You're more likely to say yes because you want to reciprocate that somewhat. And I think that that's where it really becomes important in our day-to-day life when we go, well, I keep asking this one person I work with for stuff and she's constantly saying no because you're not really genuinely investing in her life. So she has no capital with you whatsoever. It's no, there's no risk to saying no to you. Exactly. And uh, yeah, so when you pour into somebody's life, like my boss in my, my current job is phenomenal, always pouring into us, getting to know us on a personal level first, and then a manager second. And so like I talked about in episode 28, how when we launched this leadership training program, and the next day I jumped on a plane, flew up to her office and facilitated a training and then flew back. That was a long day. After three long days of launching this leadership training, I said, no, I want to come up there and do this training. She goes, no, Jerry, you just launched a program. I can cover this. And I'm like, no, please let me go. Let me go. Let me go. Like I was begging her for this extra task to go up there and do. And she said, okay, Jerry, I'll, I'll let you do this. Uh, book the flight. I'll see you when you get up here. And so I got up there. She, you know, treated me to, to lunch and I'm just a phenomenal person. And then of course I flew back. My flight wasn't going to get back here to Corpus Christi until eight thirty, nine o'clock at night. And I already been on the road since seven in the morning. So it was a long day. And she did air quotes and said, Hey Jerry, work from home on Friday. Okay. <laughs> Cause you, <laughs> you poured in a lot of time and I just need you to rest. And thank you so much for coming up here, but I, I need you to rest because you know, I, I just need you on your A game and you can't be on your A game if you're always working, working, working. So, so get some rest. And it was just amazing. I thought, wow, she's, she's thinking about my well being and my balance with my family to, to tell me, take a break. And, and somebody, a leader who would have a low emotional bank account with me would be somebody who demanded I go up to Dallas and do that training and then to expect me to work a full day the next day, no matter what, whether I had things right. to do or not. Uh, and just, um, and so the impact- and somebody's probably listening to this thinking, well, my boss didn't like that. My boss is a complete jerk mm-hmm. and wants me to work every night and go to meetings until seven, eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock, and then expect me to be here all day, every day and take calls on Sundays and Saturdays. And, and so how do you, uh, if, if you work in that area, what do you do 
to offset that? How can you turn that uh, emotional uh, capital around to benefit from it too? Yeah, that's a hard one um, because I actually have a coworker. Uh, her name's Monica, who is just like that. And, you know, it, everything is always task oriented. Uh, it's always about her. Like, hey, look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. Hey, I need you to do this task. And kind of the person who, like, you give an inch, she takes a mile. It's it's all about her. And then your your accomplishment or your your participation in whatever project you're on with her isn't so much about you bringing your brilliance to the table. It's about can she set you up in a way to be a scapegoat in case she doesn't come through on her project. And so these are patterns that come up time in and time out. Uh, never really asks you how you're doing. Or if she does, you get 10 seconds. She takes up 20 minutes. Those are kinds of things that, that you know kind of really tap into the emotional bank account. So, so one way you can turn that around is just still uh, approach her and all of your coworkers in a way that's genuine where you're trying to build up that capital. Because I find what you do is you eventually freeze out that person that's just a taker. We have one of those two where I work. I think there's probably one wherever you work. Uh, as just a taker. They they never make a deposit. So yeah. the way to really freeze them out is to create a culture of investment. Ask about kids and spouses and, and interest outside of work and pour into people. Set other people up for success. And eventually this person realizes I'm kind of on the outside of the team. I never – no one asked me – to be part of their situation. I'm always having to demand it, but I see other people enjoying each other. They maybe go out after work or they have lunch together or, or laugh in the break room, but I'm not part of that. To me, that's the best way to get that to change is you start to freeze that person out and then it's up to them. They change or they don't, but you no longer have to deal with them on the same level. Yeah. I'm glad you, you jumped in and added that because it was going to take me another three or four minutes to eventually get to that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind so, of thought that's where you were going. It, it was. So, it, yeah, you can't control how the other person acts. So if that person wants to be a taker, 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 and they want to keep depleting that emotional bank account, that's going to hurt them in the long run. The only thing you can really control is yourself. And so, you know, my approach with Monica hasn't been to demand respect back or demand that she puts in her like fair share. I'm doing air quotes that you can't see, by the way. Uh, and so I just decided for myself, you know what? I can't do anything about her bankrupt emotional capital. That's something she's done. Uh, and, and it's evident. I mean, projects that we worked on everywhere she goes, she can't get things done. And so she's had to rely on my emotional bank account, my emotional capital with others and ask me if I could be a team player. So she's got to you know, ask me to be a team player. <laughs> and that's always a big sign. If you have to tell other people that we're all one team and it's all one fight, you might right. be the person with low emotional capital. Uh, exactly. And yeah. that's, that's where you, you have to refresh yourself. Yes. You know, and, uh, and the way you build that capital that we, we already mentioned, the first thing is genuine connection with people first, coworkers or, or subordinates second. So connect with them first as a person, as a human being genuinely. And, and that just builds up capital right there, right off the bat. And then the second thing, service to others. I mean, we talked about it with Sarah McDaniels, that your significance truly comes when you're serving others uh, without any expectation to be repaid in return. Now, you know, business is different because you're providing a service for compensation and that's how you continue the business. Um, and then 
you know, people. I, I wrote down a note, people. You know, people <laughs> take care of people so that people can take yeah. care of the mission. And so, you know, my, my boss is a great example of that. She takes care of her people as people. We go out and we take care of this mission in levels and ways that she never could fathom. And, and so when you, you got a high emotional bank account with people, the stuff your team can pull off is amazing. The, the things people are willing to do for you is amazing. And, and I'll, I'll give you another example from Monica. Uh, Monica was working on this project where she needed one key person to give her a lot of information because that, that other key person had moved out of her role, but she had a lot of the keys to the people who got things done. And Monica had been trying for months to get that key information from this person who moved out of that role. Well, Monica had to approach me and ask me if I could reach out to that person and find out that key information. I kid you not. I sent one email and the reply came back with, hey, give me a call real quick. And so I gave this person a call and she gave me a full rundown. You order this through this person. You order this through this person. You send the invoices to this person. Um, I'm going to send you an email, and it's an archive of everything I've ever worked on in that project. <laughs> Boom. Got the email right after the phone call. She goes, oh, and in my old office in the closet is a a box of stuff. I want you to go there and get that. And I'm going to send an email to so-and-so to allow you into that office closet to get the stuff. And I was like, no way. It's so, so funny because then you become the person that can get things done yeah. simply because you were just pouring into somebody else. Mm-hmm. And it's not something to be abused either. I mean, it was because I had over years built emotional capital mm-hmm. with that other person. Exactly. Uh, and, you know, this other person, you know, Monica, has been depleting uh, her emotional capital with people from the very start. And so that's the difference. I mean, months and months of not getting through to anybody. And then when you have emotional capital, you just, you just, send an email, you get a phone call and you've got access to whatever area you want. And it's all because you treat people like people first. Yeah. It's, it's the first rule of leadership, you know, lead yourself first. Yes. And if you lead yourself first, then you can lead others. And it's, it's doing things for people. Maybe they don't benefit you as much. It's a little out of your job description or out of your area of expertise, but just doing it for them will pay dividends later on. It's like, hey, remember, you know, like six months ago, Jerry helped me with something. I'm willing to jump up and help him with something today, mm-hmm. even though it's not necessarily something I have to do. I want to do because I remember him kind of stepping up a few months ago and helping me out. That's where emotional capital is so important. And in leadership, that's why it starts with yourself. You know, are you leading yourself? Are you really doing things for people because it's the right thing to do? Or are you saying, I'm going to help Jerry. That way I can come back three months from now and demand that he help me with something. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Exactly. And 
it goes a long way. I mean, and you always have to be putting deposits into people too. You, know, you always got to keep putting emotional capital back in because every interaction is either a withdrawal or a deposit when it comes with people. And so you got to make sure that you're making deposits more than you're taking withdrawals. In fact, we got an episode that we did called the magic ratio to happy, healthy relationships. And, and I'm going to put that link in the show notes. I believe it was episode 15, but I don't have the list in front of me, and that's probably something I should do, being the producer of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and it also applies to marriage and, and your children and your neighbors, your community, your country. You know, are you contributing to a, to a level that when you do need to take, you can? I, it breaks my heart sometimes to see somebody and say, well, I just don't have anybody to depend on. I don't have anybody to help me. Well, it's because you've gone the last year, two years, maybe your whole life, just using people for what you wanted and not depositing into them. So when you do need them, they're not there for you. You know, exactly. we all want that somebody that we can call in the middle of the night and say, Hey, I need help. Can you come? And if you, if you want to spend some, you know, quality time with yourself evaluating, do I have anybody? Can I call somebody and say, Hey, I'm stuck. It's three o'clock in the morning. Is there any way you could come help me out? And there's a few people that you can look at on your phone or think of in your mind, I could call and they would actually get up and do it. Yeah. And there's a few people I would do that for, but I guarantee there's a lot of people on my phone I would not because <laughs> they only call when they need me. Oh, yeah. And so exactly. if you find yourself in that situation, think about it. Yeah. Um, I was uh, just thinking about Jacob, my son. He, he didn't make the, the main roster for his freshman baseball team. He So he's on the practice squad. Which is still good because there are kids who got cut altogether and they don't have a chance. Uh, <laughs> Says the father of the kid who's on the practice team. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> you know, so Jacob has a chance to work his way up and make the main squad because I, I know how baseball seasons go for freshmen. Some of them get burned out that they're not getting all the playing time in the world. And so um, they just start getting lazy. They start getting laxed. Well, if you got a kid on the practice squad who's busting his rear end to get on the team and he's making connections – there's going to be a swap to be made. It happens in the majors and the minors all the time, right? <laughs> do the work. And, and so there was something I noticed about Jacob. Like he was asking me, you know, how's my swing? How's my fielding? I'm like, your, your technique is fine, but you've got a confidence issue. And, and here's the thing. How many people on that team know you exist? And he goes, well, they, they see me in class and the coaches have my name on the roster. I'm like, yeah, but I've been watching your tryouts for the last week. And this is what I've noticed. Look at because he he walked away from this big event that they were doing for tryouts, and he's talking to me in the stands, and and so that was clue number one. Yeah. All of his teammates trying out for the team were on the field in clumps, in groups, in clicks, in 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 whatever you want to call it, but they were social. They were connected as a team, talking with each other, working on micro skills together. I mean, getting ready to do the next task together. And until my son came and talked to me, he was sitting in the dugout by himself. By himself. And it wasn't for lack of other people coming up to talk to him because other kids walked up to him and talked to him, but he just stayed seated, stayed mopey, and said nothing in return to these guys, really. I mean, he just wasn't connecting with them. So as a team player, he was not. And, and that kind of broke my heart because Jacob is a servant type of person. He does the right thing. But when it came to the social setting, out of 60 kids trying out for the team, he was the one. You need to get out of that dugout. And into these groups, you see that group playing pepper. You see that group, you know, doing ground drills. There's no coach telling them to do that. They just picked up a ball and decided to play with each other. That's what this game's about. Get out of the dugout. 
go make some friends. And I know Jacob, he, his heart is not, I don't want to be around you. It's that it's just easier not being around yeah. you. But most of those other kids thought, well, Jacob's hard to talk to. He's hard to deal with. He doesn't like anybody. And nothing could be further from the truth in reality. But reality doesn't matter as much as perception in that situation. Exactly. Yeah. He's an introvert by nature. Right. And exactly. he's also a very loyal guy by nature. So he's on the team and people don't know he's on the team because he's not showing it. And so I told him, if you want to make this team, here are two things you need to do. Number one, of course, every time coach asks for help in something or, Hey, come catch for so-and-so, you got to be the first person to hear and respond to that. Just jump up, grab your gear and say, I got it, coach. That's number one. But number two, and this actually should be number one, you need to meet somebody on this team every day and find out something about them that's unique. And remember that and bring it up from time to time. And he's like, what? I'm like, You need to make some friends, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and if that applies on a, on a ninth grade baseball team, then it certainly applies in your office. Yes. You know, get to know the people that you're eventually going to have to rely on. Learn their names, their spouse, you know, what they like. I'm, I'm a huge fan of this sport or that sport or, or whatever. And get to know people. And that's really where we're going with this. Emotional capital is investing in people and letting them invest in you. You know, make sure that relationship is balanced. Don't stick with the people that just, you know, take and take and take, and you're just giving and giving and giving. Make sure that balances so you have emotional capital built up over a long period of time. And that's pretty much where we wanted to go with this episode. Yeah. So and I hope know, that helps. Some people want to know, how's this turning out? Because I'll tell you, this is two weeks ago. Uh, so two weeks he's been applying this, and I go and I pick him up from practice every day. And I'll tell you, uh, last night couple of things I, I noticed that were very different from three weeks ago. So he's been applying this for two weeks. I gave him the advice three weeks ago because it takes him a while to kind of get to it. Last night, my son was the bullpen catcher for the varsity baseball team. There you go. Yes. And, and that's because coach asked for one of the freshman catchers to jump up and be the bullpen catcher. And the two guys he was asking were not responding to him. Well, Jacob was right there and he's like, coach, I'll go. And he, he again asked for the other kid and Jacob said, no coach, I'll go. I, my gear's right here. I'll gear up. I'll sprint right over there. How soon do you need me there? And coach said, well, right now, go grab your stuff. All right, coach, I got it. Boom. Put his gear on. When I got there to pick him up, I couldn't find him because I didn't realize he was in amongst the varsity kids. I was like, no way. That's awesome. And so he's making friends on varsity now and he left with a big smile on his face. He got back to the batting cages because he still had to do some hitting. And then one of his freshman teammates walked up to him and said, Hey, Jacob, you're doing, you're doing good. You're hitting good. And so like he had friends cheering him on now and he just smiled and laughed. He goes, Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. How are you guys doing over there? And so he's talking to them like, Yes, he's doing it. And, and so it, he's making himself known now. He's, he's showing himself to be a team player. He's making those emotional bank account deposits with his teammates. And, and so, um, you know, again, ninth grade example, having a positive impact all in just two weeks time. And we recommend that for you too, whether it's at work, at home. And, uh, we definitely love that you listen to this show. Uh, Brandon, I know you'd made the last word before I, through in my story, but uh, here's a chance to have a second last word. <laughs> Anything you'd like to add before I do the outro? I think invest in someone else's life and tell them about the uh, podcast. Share it with them. Jerry always says share it with the family or friend. You can share it with a stranger too. We're okay with that. Yes, we will let you li uh, share us with anybody who will listen. <laughs> awesome. And in fact, you will find the show notes for this episode at beyondtherut.com slash 029. 
That is beyondtherut.com slash 029. You may have been listening to us on iTunes. If so, subscribe to our show uh, and also leave us a review and rate our show. Um, maybe you listen to us on Stitcher. Subscribe there. But we want to hear from you. That's the key thing. So send us a voicemail calling in at 361-596-3788. Again, that number is 361-596-3788. If you don't like to call in because you're afraid of how your voice will sound on the air, you could also email us by sending an email to info, I-N-F-O, in case you didn't know how to spell info, sorry, how to do it, at beyondtherut.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.